All right, so I just ended the audio. I'm gonna save it. You are so awesome. Um, sometimes I'm like, cause the interns, they have to listen to the episodes ahead of time and take out sound bites. And so sometimes I'm like, oh boy, they're gonna hear my story about queefing and my boyfriend's been like. No, no, nothing wrong with that. My God, <laughs> you know, compared to some stories, I could tell you nothing, nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about that at all. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barato. In today's episode, we interview Cindy Gallup, founder of Make Love, Not Porn. First, let me say, it's an honor to have Cindy Gallup on our show. She is a true legend. She is so unapologetically herself, especially on LinkedIn and Twitter. You need to follow her. I love it. She's also an advisor to one of my favorite femtech sexual wellness companies, Awkward Essentials. Make Love Not Porn is not porn. It's real world sex. Today, Make Love Not Porn is the world's first user-generated and human-curated social sex platform. It's essentially the Facebook of real-world sex. It's a place where people can share that one part of their lives that everyone experiences, but no social platform allows. This also means that the user-submitted sex videos are not just something you watch and enjoy, but they're also inspirational self-help for your own sex life. We know that people learn about how to have sex through watching porn, but the porn that's out there is not realistic. That makes love, Make Love Not Porn a fantastic library of real-life sex, including all of its beauty, all of its messiness, all of its awkwardness, and all of its diversity. It is truly important, and I am so grateful we had Cindy on the show. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Cindy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brittany. Great to be here. So awesome to have you. The first time I actually ever heard you speak was at the Women in Sex Tech Conference uh, earlier this year, and you were a powerhouse speaker. <laughs> I was like, I mean, like so inspired to go and conquer the world and like fund all the women, have all the sex, do all the things. Excellent. I'm delighted to hear it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to conquer the world, and Cindy Gallup said I could. Excellent. Yeah, it was so awesome. It was so awesome. Do you speak at a lot of conferences like that? Um, I do because actually, you know, as a bootstrapping entrepreneur, um, battling, as you will be aware, unique challenges to build a sex tech venture, my startup Make Love Not Porn, um, I have to support myself alongside it. Um, And so I pay the bills by doing um, paid public speaking and consultancy. Excellent. Well, you're, you're worth every penny. Cause I, like I said, changed my, then like I was, and then I followed you on Twitter and then sometimes you retweet me and I'm like, Oh my God, Cindy Gallup retweet me. <laughs> so big fan girl over here. But, uh, 
you know, a lot of our listeners are aspiring femtech founders, or maybe they're studying political science or journalism, and they're like, how do I get into women's health? And so everyone has a different story. So we'd love to kick off this interview with you telling us where you're from, what did you study, what did you do before this, and then how did you end up here? Sure. So um, I am half English, half Chinese. Um, My father was English, my mother is Chinese. Um, I was born in the UK, but when I was six, um, my family moved to Brunei in Borneo. So I grew up in Asia. Um, I went to um, boarding school and then university in the UK. I studied English literature at Oxford University at Somerville College. Um, And I began my career in theater marketing and then moved over to advertising. And so um, I, my background is 35 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising. And everything in my life and career has happened by a complete accident, including my startup. <laughs> so Make Love Not Porn is a total accident. I never consciously intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing now. <laughs> um, I, I date younger men and um, the men I date tend to be in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And about... Um, 12, 13 years ago now, I began realizing through dating younger men that I was encountering an issue that would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it so intimately and personally. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence, Brittany, because most people think it's only one thing. Mm. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And so I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I know where that behavior is coming from. I I thought if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. Because um, bear in mind, I didn't know that. 12, 13 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I want to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So 11 years ago, um, I put up on No Money, a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I launched at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words come on my face on the TED stage, six (laughs) times a session. The talk went viral as a result. And it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, you know, male and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And so I felt I had a responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far reaching, helpful and effective. And so I turned it into a business um, I turned it into makelovenotporn.tv, whose single-minded mission is to help make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. Mm-hmm. Our tagline is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And so what we are is, <laughs> yes. uh, so we are the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. 
we are what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially sexually self-express. <laughs> because we are socializing and normalizing sex in the real world. As I said, to make it easier to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. And so we are spearheading what we call the social sex revolution. Oh. The, revo the revolution part is not the sex, it's the social. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so amazing because, you know, um, I was recently just telling someone, it's a, it's a great thing to be a femtech leader because I get lots of insider scoops on good sex tech products. And um, I was, I was talking to somebody about, you know, like being this crazy, intense, loud feminist and then watching some videos at night and afterwards feeling so bad about myself because I feel like it's directly in contradiction with what my values are, right? And then I found some videos that are a little, that are more focused on the woman's pleasure I pleasured myself to those. And now I'm like, oh, I feel great. And I'm like, wow, this really does change the way my insides feel, you know? No, no, no exactly. And, and so I'm glad you said that, Brittany, because um, <clears throat> for the benefit of our listeners, um, I want to drill into what I mean when I say make love not porn is social sex a bit more. Because we, um, I mean, separate to being extremely hot and arousing, which we totally are, <laughs> we have many benefits built into being the, the only um, real-world sex um, video sharing platform. Um, if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, we're the real-world documentary. You know, we are a unique window into the way the rest of us in the world have sex in the real world. And the reason that's beneficial is, um, first of all, social sex is enormously reassuring because we celebrate real-world everything, real-world bodies. Yeah. Real, real world penis size, real world breast size. And the reason that's important, Brittany, is because you can talk body positivity, okay? You can preach self-love, but the fact of the matter is nothing makes you feel great about your own body. Like watching people who are nobody's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, yeah. desiring each other, having an amazing time in bed. Our mantra at Make Love Not Porn is, Everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex, and they really are. Uh, um, we're also reassuring because we celebrate the accidents, the awkwardness, the messiness. <laughs> if you only learn about sex from porn, porn teaches you that sex is a performance. Nothing must go wrong. Yeah. Oh my God, it did. How embarrassing. I can never speak about this thing, whatever. Whereas we go, if you can't laugh at yourselves in bed, when can you? And yeah. in our videos, ridiculous things happen because this is the real world, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, it's also reassuring because, you know, you will see in our social sex videos, things you won't see anywhere else. So, you know, for, um, for example, you know, I mean, we exist to celebrate the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. And so, you know, we have videos that, you know, for example, you know, a couple might've decided that they want to role play. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so they'll be doing a, you know, um, you know, teacher and naughty schoolgirl or whatever. But 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 on Make Love Not Porn, what you see is halfway through the role play, you know, one half of the couple goes, you know what, this isn't really doing it for me. And the other half goes, you're right, me neither. Then they go, let's just have sex. And so they dump the whole thing and just have a good time. You know. yeah. and, um, and it's very low stakes. You know, um, it shows that you can absolutely try something, find out you don't like it, drop it. You know, and so we we basically 
inspire people. And our members write into us every day and tell us how we've changed their lives. You know, we inspire people to try something different, to feel better about their own bodies. I mean, what we hear, what always amazes me is not just how well Make Love Not Porn does everything I designed it to do, but how well it does things I never designed it to do consciously. Mm. So we hear from survivors of rape, sexual abuse, sexual assault. And by the way, we hear from female and male survivors yeah, yeah. who tell us that Make Love Not Porn has helped them reclaim their bodies. Oh you know, it's, it's enabled them to feel sexual again. Yeah. Because we are just wonderful, loving, you know, glorious, funny, ridiculous, real world sex. Yeah. And we are the only place that you can experience that. And, and a very important part of what we do is, you know, I designed Make Love Not Porn around something every other tech platform should have, but nobody has, human curation. Mm. So our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we approve it for publishing. We also review every single post on what we call Make Love Not Porn Social, which is the ability to post on your profile, photos, text, illustration, you know, to, um, they could be safe work or not safe work, but we review every single one before we publish it. We review every single comment on every single video before publishing it. Ah. And so unlike any other platform on the internet, we can vouch for every piece of content on our platform. And that is why Make Love Not Porn is a place where you will find nothing but love. Oh we celebrate God. nothing but love, showcase nothing but love, feature nothing but love. You know, I've had a lot of sex tech and sexual wellness uh, individuals come on our show. And I, and I usually think about them more in like... Um, the physical health and like the biological, like they're, they're creating um, a lotion for vaginal dryness. They're creating a drug for sexual dysfunction with you. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I kind of think about you and your solution as like the psychology of intimacy, you know, like. No, no, I mean, you're absolutely right, Brittany. And in fact, what we call ourselves is we are telehealth for your sex life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Because, because we are also, um, you know, we are also absolutely about sexual health and wellness, but we are approaching it in a very, very unique way, yeah. you know, and, and especially because, um, you know, I, I love what you said about psychology, because, because we're all so fucked up about sex, mm -hmm. we, we've defaulted sex um, to an act or a thing we do. It's not, it's personality. Who you are sexually informs everything about how you feel about yourself, other people, your relationships your lives, your happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, I say to people, make love not porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not sex, not porn, the market of human happiness. Yeah. And so, and so you know, what's unique about us is not just what we do, but the way that we do it. Yeah. As I said, we're social. We are bringing real world sex out into the sunlight. We're normalizing everything to do with it. And our members tell us that is what is so liberating about what we do. Mm -hmm. And we give them the comfort and the confidence to feel at ease with themselves as sexual beings yeah. and that the the psychological impact of that is massive that is that is incredible because you know you mentioned earlier like you have a lot of survivors that say like this is finally something i can feel comfortable with you know and for myself as a survivor of, of childhood sexual abuse i thought that the paradigm was that i would i would be prude and hate sex the, my whole life 
but turns out like I went the like I engaged in lots of sex and I thought oh my god I'm such a bad survivor which I've had many therapists say girl no 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 no, no. but I interpreted from movies like oh she's a a survivor so she avoids intimacy like something I'm not a good survivor right but no and in fact the best possible survival Brittany, is when you feel able, as I said, to be at ease with yourself as a sexual being and you can embrace and own your sexuality. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's still a work in progress for me, you know? Like, I thought in college I was just heteroflexible because I thought women were cute. And then I dated some women and I was like, am I bi, you know? And then I have a lot of gay friends and and I felt kind of pressured actually uh, to like pick sides you know, and I was like, I don't know, just kind of living in it. I don't know. And, and, and that's another key point, Brittany. Sexuality is fluid. Fluid, you know? yeah. And, and and so one of the again very unique things about what make love not porn is, uh, because again, this is very much to do with, um, you know, what we are. You know, we're just creating a platform to reflect the way yeah. we all have sex in the real world. So, um, um, what I love is that we are breaking down those barriers. So, so for example. We are all inclusive, obviously LGBTQ, everything. We have many solo videos. Um, so we have men, women, non-binary trans individuals who share videos of themselves masturbating. By the way, often for the first time ever, okay, yeah. most of our Make Love Not Porn stars, as we call our contributors, had never filmed themselves doing anything sexual before. They do it for us, they believe in our mission. And, and incidentally, you know, to, uh, those individuals, um, when they film themselves in this very intimate act, shared on our platform, to, for complete strangers to watch, they tell us that doing that made them love themselves more. Yeah. It actually enhanced their sexual sense of self, their sexual self-esteem. But the interesting thing is, so we have we have straight men who write to us mm-hmm. because um, if you're a straight man, it's a safe bet that you have never ever watched another man masturbate. Okay. <laughs> so we, we have straight men who write into us and say, I love watching your male masturbation videos. Because as one man said, I suddenly realized I could be having so much more fun masturbating. Because, <laughs> because when you see how other men masturbate, you learn trips, uh, tricks and techniques that you would never otherwise, um, because again, men don't usually talk about this with each other. Oh. And obviously, by the way, the same thing goes if you're a female, yeah. non-binary. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, th- th- this is the wonderful thing about, um, about what we are, because you know, one of the reasons I conceived Make Love Not Porn as a social sex video sharing platform is because the number one reason people go to YouTube is how-to videos. Yeah. It far outstrips the number two reason, which is entertainment. Yeah. First and foremost, people go to YouTube for how-to videos and how to do anything and everything. I conceived Make Love Not Porn as the go-to global hub for how-to videos on anything and everything to do with sex in the real world. And so we are education through demonstration, you know? I mean, for example, um, because this is something that porn will absolutely not um, be good at um, helping with, mm-hmm. um, our lick job videos are enormously popular. Now, um, lick job is the female version of blow job, okay? Oh, because, okay? because when we started making love with porn, I said to my team, I want us to find a term for female oral sex that is as short and punchy and easy to say as blow job. <laughs> um, and, and the reason that's important for it is because when it's when it's short and quick and easy to say it's a lot quicker and easier to ask for it it's a lot quicker yeah. and easier to make it happen more often okay yeah. Yeah. so so our lick job videos 
are wonderful. I mean, they're hobblerousing, but they're also wonderful demonstrations of how to make women come in the real world. Yeah. You know, because as my friend sex nerd Sandra says, if your eyebrows aren't wet, you're not doing it right. Preach, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, welcome to, you know, make lick job love on make love not porn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, this could be perceived as me in like sex therapy right now, but the whole reason I even, you know, I like to be really authentic. My listeners know that I share a lot about my period and all the different things and my boob sizes. And the reason I'm sharing about my own struggles with porn and sexual wellness is because it is so psychological, right? Like it's so much of this is that we don't have good sex ed in our country. We yeah. don't have good cultural uh, symbolizes uh, symbols of women's yep. bodies. We are not celebrating this shape or that shape or yep. this noise or that noise that happens, right? And so, um, you know, I just want to always be authentic with our listeners that like mm. even me with my pink hair and my 3D clit on my, on my you know, mm. on my desk, even me, I'm like, I don't know what to watch that makes my soul feel okay you know because I struggle with it too yeah, and so you need to watch make love not porn Brittany because because also we celebrate real world emotion yeah we celebrate love intimacy feelings our members write to us I mean one member wrote and said to the make love not porn stars the sex that video was incidental I want what you guys have I saw the way you look Shara I saw the way your eyes met I hope one day I can meet someone I have that with in the comments in our videos People say all the time, you know, the love you have for each other really shines through. The way you're enjoying yourself in solo videos is so wonderful. You know, our videos radiate something. Porn obviously doesn't have because porn's not designed to do this. We radiate real world emotion. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's incredible to experience. Yeah. And I mean, how empowering for the woman, if a man can watch that too, because like one time, you know, mom, I hope you're not listening, at least by this point, you've turned it off. But uh, one time I was getting eaten out and I queefed and the guy like had never heard that before and was like super startled and he practically fell out of bed. Like he jumped back so fast. And the amount of shame I had what never because again if you can't laugh at yourselves in bed when can you I that, is, that is the video we love on make love not porn we have <laughs> accidents and you know people kill themselves laughing and again you know it, it's so important um as you say if you've never realized that can happen yeah. you know you can absolutely see that happen on make love like, not porn. Just happened. He was, yeah. Yeah. i don't even know what that was what happened <laughs> and i like had to educate him like sometimes that can yeah. happen you know and so I would love for him to have seen videos yes. that show, yeah. hey, these noises sometimes happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, the great thing too, um, Brittany, is, you know, again, with social sex, so couples watch our videos together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're a communication vehicle. We exist to make it easier to talk about sex. And so couples tell us, you know, one couple wrote and said, you know, um, it, it was so easy to communicate about our own sex life off the back of watching videos because it's just like talking about something you just watch on Netflix or, yeah. or TV, you know, it, it normalizes it again. It makes it just really easy and relaxed right. to have those conversations off the back of what you've just watched. Uh, wow. Well, so in terms of uh, femtech as a business and sex tech as a business, mm. what's your experience been like, like barriers to your success? Obviously we have, <clears throat> I already confirmed this is really important. <laughs> so yep. like, what are barriers that you face almost on a daily right. basis? So, um, so, uh, so here's the infuriating thing, Brittany, because 
you know, ever since I launched Make Love Not Porn.tv eight years ago now, I mean, we've had nothing but a phenomenally positive response from all around the world. We're global. We have members and traffic in 184 countries. But the one thing I did not realize when I embarked on the stencil was that I would fight an enormous battle every single day to build it. Mm. Essentially because every piece of business infrastructure, any other tech startup can take for granted. We can't, a small print always says no adult content. Wow. And, um, and it's all based across every area of the business. And by the way, this applies to sex tech and femtech. I'm going to come on to talk about the term femtech in a moment, by the way. Okay. But, you know, I can't get funded. I can't get banked. It took me four years to find one bank here in America who would allow me to open a business bank account. To make wow. The biggest operational challenge payments. PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe can't. Mainstream processors like American Express won't. Every tech service I need to use, the terms of service always say no adult content. Had to build our video sharing platform from scratch as proprietary technology because existing streaming services won't stream adult content. Even something as simple as finding an email partner. You know, MailChimp won't work with us. <laughs> we found Sengid who would. Everything is a battle. And, and also, very importantly, we can't advertise. Facebook, every social platform bans. Um, not just, by the way, sexual adventures, um, there's a gender bias, anything to do with menstruation, menopause, fertility. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it's funny that I'm talking to you because I was there at the very origination of the term femtech. Oh. Um, so femtech was originated by a wonderful female founder, Ida Tin of Clue, the period app. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, she held um, uh, several salons here in New York, um, uh, which she invited me to. This is years ago, where, you know, we talked about all of the barriers facing all of us in this entire very broad area of sex tech and sexual health and wellness. And, you know, Ida came up with the term femtech, um, quite frankly, uh, as a way to make investors less squeamish mm -hmm. about what actually should absolutely be called sex tech. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I can tell you this because I had those conversations at the time, you know, I, you know, in those discussions, you know, I was not a fan of the term femtech. I said, we're talking about sex tech and, you know, I'm championing the term. I defined it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you Google sex tech, I'm result one on page one. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I'm all about go out there loud and proud. Um, but, but I really sympathize with, you know, particularly the, the startups that are around the areas of menstruation, of fertility, of menopause, of, you know, because, you know, if femtech, you know, makes it at all easier, by all means use the term, the irony is that in most cases it doesn't. Because what we have is we have a male-dominated tech world, we have a male-dominated investment world. Mm -hmm. And obviously, white male VCs cannot relate and in fact, they squirm away from mm -hmm. anything to do with, oh my God, inner female workings, you know. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so that is why, you know, alongside everything I do, um, I am working all the time as are many women to, to, to basically get many more female founders funded mm -hmm. by getting many more female founded funds and female yep. investors funded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I preach that all the time. We, we've heard it and we're, we are still fighting to fund female founders, but I'm really fighting now to just get women to invest because then we don't have to fight that fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm also a big fan of, you know, maybe femtech isn't the right word, but we had to start somewhere, right? No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
totally. And so, um, that is so awesome. We actually just had Ida on, um, on the show. So it's really cool. Oh, That's fantastic. Like original trailblazers. Yep. Um, what do you think is the solution for like a lot, you know, obviously this must keep you up at night. So what are some solutions that maybe even Femtech Focus could help with in terms of getting Facebook to say, you know, sexual dysfunction or, you know, how do we change this? Um, to, um, to be frank, um, Brittany, I'm, I'm very straightforward about this. Um, what I explain to everybody is that all of us have three fundamental barriers, lack of funding, mm -hmm. lack of access to infrastructure, and lack of ability to advertise. Mm -hmm. Solving number one solves two and three. Mm. Because I can promise you, the only way those barriers fall away is when you write a big enough check. Yeah. Raise the funding yeah. to have a substantial advertising budget and you'll be amazed how quickly those barriers fall. And I'm afraid, by the way, that is the only answer. Yeah. Um, you know, to, I mean, I'm a founder member of Women of Sex Tech. We have lobbied Facebook. We've protested outside Facebook's offices. You know, um, a number of different ventures are doing, you know, wonderful things, um, you know, getting petitions signed. Um, quite frankly, none of that is going to do anything. Money talks. Mm -hmm. When all of us have big enough advertising budgets, individually and collectively, those barriers fall. Wow. Wow, that's a great, like, point. I, I, I knew... Like you had think, you had thought about this. Your Twitter's full with like, here's what we got to do. Here's the plan, y'all. Get on board, right? Um, I, I'm actually really good friends with Francis Tang from Awkward. Oh, yeah. Oh, we adore Francis. Yes, yeah. I love Francis. I love the dripstick. I didn't think it was actually gonna work, and then it worked really well, and I was like, what? Like, oh my god, sponge on a stick. Like, me, only a woman would have had that idea. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, up to, um, I basically. You know, explain to people that the most interesting things in sex tech and femtech are coming from female founders because we are finally owning our sexuality. Yes. Um, because we get the enormous market that is women's needs, wants, and desires, historically deemed too embarrassing, shameful, taboo to address in business. And by the way, tap that huge primary market, you tap a huge secondary market of extremely happy men. Yes. Yeah. It's a ripple effect. I was actually just messaging somebody last night that said, Hey, have you ever heard of uh, awkward essentials? So I said, Oh yeah, I know them. And, and he was a, he's actually a Pakistani guy. And I was kind of like, Whoa, how does he even know about awkward? And he was like, it's a great company, huh? Like winky face. Oh my God. I, 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 I love that. I love that. And, and you know, I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be an advisor um, to Francis and awkward essentials. And um, honestly, you know, to, um, the great thing about, um, you know, and, and the reason why I agreed to come on board is because it's it's one of those products where the moment you say what it is, everyone gets it. Yeah. You know, men and women alike, you know, everybody gets it. Yeah. And so what are you thinking the future of sex tech is when we have young Asian women like Francis saying, I'm tired of cum dripping out of my vagina all night. So I'm going to make a drip, a drip stick that cleans it out. Like what is the future of sex tech when women start to say this is unacceptable? Um, the future of sex tech, and this is what I always say, Brittany, is that we have not even begun to see what this category can be when we bring the female and diverse lens to it. Yeah. You know, at the moment, depressingly, when you say the term sex tech, most people think of only two things, sex toys, sex robots. Yep. And, and, and they haven't even begun to understand 
um, how enormous this category is and why, as I've been saying for years, sex tech is the next trillion dollar category in tech. Because it is massively under leveraged, it's obviously massively underfunded, mm -hmm. and at the moment also, Brittany, it is massively under adopted, by which I mean, you know, again, I've been saying the other tech conferences to the audience. I'm going to ask you to do something nobody else has ever asked you to do, start a sex tech venture. Hmm. This is the sector nobody has ever encouraged to become an entrepreneur in. Yeah. And, um, and, and what I say also is, um, you know, when you start your sex tech venture, it's very important to bear in mind um, something I've never forgotten. So many years ago, um, I was booked to interview Larry Flint, the founder of Hustler as the opening session at an entertainment conference in LA. Mm -hmm. And I was in the green room with Larry going through my list of questions. And one of my questions for him was, Larry, you pioneered in an industry where nobody is ever encouraged to pioneer. And I was gonna go on and ask him, what would you say to entrepreneurs today to encourage them to do the same thing? But he stopped me, interrupted me and he said, you know, I never thought of myself as a pioneer because I just didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I love that answer. And that's the way to approach this. You know, this is the area of universal human experience that ludicrously, not enough people have begun starting businesses in, yep. start a sex tech mention. That's right, that's right. You know, I, even myself, when I was telling people, I was working as a VC in Texas, and when I started to tell my network, I'm gonna start Femtech Focus, it's a podcast about women's health and wellness that includes periods, menopause, sexual wellness. Oh, what? What did you just, what? What? Sexual wellness? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cause it's all the wellnesses, you know, all the things, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and by the way, Brittany, that reaction is not how they really feel. So my biggest obstacle raising funding for Make Love Not Porn is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think. Yeah. Which operates around sex <laughs> like any other area. When your friends respond like that, yep. that is not how they really feel. Yeah. They're doing that because of fear of what other people think. That's what society's told the muscles for. <gasps> Shock horror. You know, actually, you know, 11 years of working on Make Love Not Porn have absolutely taught me every single person in the world is dying to talk about sex. Yeah. No exceptions. Yep. They have questions, you know. Yeah. They've yeah. got questions. And, you know, oh, yeah. uh, so some my my some of my colleagues and work weren't necessarily supportive of it, but I mean, I now have girlfriends that like, you cannot take me out without me talking about abortion and vulva. Mm -hmm. Like, it's gonna come up, you know? And there's like men that are like, so tell me more about this thing or, you know, and I just showed you my 3D clitoris. I like bring this around in my purse. I'm like, okay, everybody, <laughs> you know? Quite right. Quite right, quite right, Brittany. Yeah, they all have questions. Well, Cindy, this has been seriously so much fun. You are a legend and a goddess and amazing. Um, I have two last questions for you that our listeners love. The first one is, we have a lot of aspiring femtech founders. Um, what's an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? Um, all of them, all of them. Guys, women's health has been ignored since the dawn of fucking time, okay? <laughs> you know, seriously, all medical research, male focused, all medical, you know, uh, honestly, um, the, the, the sector is wide open. Yep, yep. 
Oh man, I love that. It's always so funny because inside I'm like, oh, these are secret, these are trick questions because <laughs> the answer is everything, but that's a great answer. And then the last question is, um, what does the femtech industry as a whole need the most right now in order to be successful? Um, honestly, it's very straightforward. It needs funding. Yep. You know, and so I urge every everybody listening, you know, absolutely set out to raise and make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money. And, um, and, and by the way, I want you to think about it like that because when you actually are successful and you make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money, you can then use that money to fund the rest of us. That's right. You know, and so it's very important to set out to make sure that your startup scales, bootstrap, do anything you can, raise funding, get out there and make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money so you can support all the rest of us. Cindy, I love it. The other day I was feeling real anxious and sometimes I just got to like write up like what are my priorities up on one of my dry race boards and I wrote like what do I really want and the first thing I wrote was be rich because I was like I want money. I really want money. And and by the way um, let me take this opportunity to recommend um, so on Etsy uh-huh. Um, there's a wonderful woman called Mary Nguyen, uh, she's Vietnamese, so that's Mary, N-G-U-Y-E-N, uh-huh. who um, creates the most incredible feminist t-shirts, okay? Uh-huh. I've, um, so I recommend the audience to go and find Mary Nguyen on, um, on Etsy, but I've just ordered one because I saw another woman wearing it on Twitter. It says, the girl of my dreams is me just with more money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you know, and a big part about that is because one, I just want money and I want nice things and I don't want student debt anymore, but I want to fund femtech, you know, like yeah, I want no, exactly to exactly in the game right yeah. now so I can win the yeah. game so we can change the game. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Cindy, so much fun. Right. So um so if I can just say to your listeners, uh Brittany. Please, if you like everything I've talked about, support me by going to makelovenotporn.tv. Please sign up. Please take out a subscription. Um, you can also donate if you feel so um, impelled because members have asked us if they can donate to us. Consider becoming a Make Love Not Porn star. Okay, you, you may find it transformative. And also, um, especially because we have a revenue sharing business model, 50% of what our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos goes to you, our contributors. And you can um, follow us Instagram at Make Love Not Porn. You can follow me um, at Cindy Gallup. Same on Twitter at Make Love Not Porn at Cindy Gallup. Our Facebook page is mlnp.tv. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Cindy, boss, babe, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Brittany. And best of luck with your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my interview with Cindy Gallup, the founder of Make Love, Not Porn. It's not often I discuss pornography at 11 a.m. on a Monday, but when Cindy Gallup books an interview, you lean into it. What an authentic conversation and what an important cause. So many femtech companies are more than just an innovation, more than just a business model, more than just cool tech. They're a paradigm shift in how women experience life. And at Femtech Focus, we want all women experiencing a top-of-the-line kind of life, which includes a world that watches real-life sex instead of performances. With our foundational understanding of sex coming from real, everyday people, 
I hope we can all feel more comfortable in our skin and have a hell of a lot more pleasure. Alrighty, Fem fans, in our next listening party, which is Monday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern, in collaboration with Cooper's Crossroad, we're listening to my interview with Blythe Caro on PTSD. Additionally, next week on Wednesday, the 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, it's our next Femtech Fundamentals webinar. This is our bi-weekly series for Femtech founders to build, launch, and succeed. We had over 50 founders from around the world in attendance at our last one, so you got to join us. On the 27th, I'll be giving a workshop on the essential elements of a pitch deck. This will be a 30-minute webinar, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A, so come ready with your questions. You can register for the listening party and Femtech Fundamentals on our website, femtechfocus.org. While there, you can join our virtual community, subscribe to our newsletter, and follow us on social media. Also, Fem fans, please write a review for the show, share it with a friend as well. And until next time, keep innovating, because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.